This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. we've come together to worship a God who is worthy of all our worship. And every chance I get, I want to declare and affirm that all the other gods of the nations are idols, but that our God made the heavens and the earth. Let me extend a warm welcome to every worshiper, those who are guests those were members as we've come to seek God while he may be found. I was thinking, Andrew, that I might have needed a boat to get here <laughs> based on what happened this week. Notice that someone put in a lake in the church <laughs> overnight. I know that some folks are still drying out. We thank God that we can assemble ourselves together for worship. Our prayer summit, I understand, is on tomorrow, Pastor Mike. Our prayer summit is on. You can be part of that as, they, as we seek God together. I understand that uh, Tashana, where are you, Tashana? I understand it's Tashana's birthday today. Uh, we want to wish her happy birthday. There she is. Amen. Uh, there's nothing like celebrating a birthday on the Sabbath. It's a beautiful thing. We pray God uh, blessing over her. Uh, perhaps at the end of the service, Pastor Mike, we can hook her up. I have a special anointing for her at the end of the service. I think that would be uh, so fitting. As you heard, we, we had to postpone our ministry fair. It will be on on the 20th of November, of May rather, of May, as we seek to get you involved in the various ministries of the church. And as I mentioned, if there's a ministry that we don't have and you have an idea, we can work on that together. I'm hoping that as we worship, you'll have a personal encounter with God. Came to my memory this morning that it has been, tomorrow will be a year since I've been installed here. It's quite a year it has been, a year of transition. When I got here, there were two other pastors. They have since, well, not abandoned me, they have since transitioned to other things. I thank God for them. And as I thought about this, this milestone and how I started talking about how we need to get to the next level, expanding the kingdom, I thought I'd share a word with you, caption, the gospel of the itching ears, the gospel of the itching ears. I have committed myself to share the word of God, to be biblical as I possibly can, to point you to Jesus through his word. Amen? It's, the, it's Jesus who says, 
and we are made better as we spend time reading and digesting the Word of God. He sat. He sat in a cold, damp dungeon. It had, it, 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 it had a single window that emitted only a few light rays. There he was, a Christian soldier. He was battle-scarred, weary and worn, but his spirit was still undaunted. He was troubled on every side, yet not distressed. He was perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. This Christian soldier knew that the time had come for him to be delivered up to the axeman. He knew that his work was done. And so he had declared, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Neighbor, though his fate was certain, his faith was sure. And so his shackled hand held the quill in as he wrote it on the parchment words of encouragement as he used for illumination the few light rays that were emanating from the single window he wrote words of encouragement and advice to his young intern his protege his spiritual son timothy the holy spirit himself inspired the apostle as he wrote you see, neighbor, this second epistle to Timothy is regarded as Paul's final epistle. Its messages, however, are not only for Timothy, but they are for all those who are in the body of Jesus. So we turn our attention to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through the verse 6 for our focus text for today. The New King James Version's rendition of Scripture says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up to themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Verse 5. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Verse 6 and last. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. This is the word of God, neighbor. And I believe it. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the movement of the Spirit in the service thus far. May you stop by every pew, by every heart and every mind. 
arrest our attention, remove every distraction, speak to me and through me in spite of me, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this passage is often used as a charge at ordination services or at ministerial installations, rather. But let me hasten to say that when this was written, the target audience of the Holy Spirit goes or went beyond just these occasions. The apostle in writing to his intern, his protege, his spiritual son, says, a time will come, Timothy, when they will not endure sound doctrine. And neighbor, I want you to understand that the they that Paul is referring to is not folks outside of the body of Christ, is not folks outside of the church, but the they he's referring to, he's referring to folks who are in the church, those who are in the body of Christ. The apostle foresees a time when people, he says, will take affront to sound doctrine, will be insulted by sound doctrine, will be turned off by sound doctrine. They will not, Paul says, endure sound doctrine. Now, the word endure often conjures up an imagery of hardship, endure, of struggle, of difficulty, of inconvenience. But it is the latter that Paul is using the word as, that is, it is inconvenience. Paul says they will not endure sound doctrine. That is, it will be inconvenient to them. They will not put up with it. They will not entertain or tolerate sound doctrine. Simply put, Timothy, the day is going to come when some folks in the church will not listen to sound doctrine. Now, what is sound doctrine? How do we know that a doctrine is sound? Well, I believe that the text in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 to the 9, gives us a good uh, a, a roadmap as Paul seeks to address some issues in the church at Galatia, where some folks came in and they were stirring up the church and creating doctrinal problems in the church. And we find in Paul's response a roadmap to understand what sound doctrine is. And so in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 to 9, Paul addresses the issue of the gospel being perverted. Paul says, talking to the church, I marvel that you're turning away so soon from whom? Stay with me, from whom? From whom? From him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel. I want you to know, neighbor, that, that, that the gospel is about Jesus, amen, and the gospel is about turning to Jesus. Paul says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him, Jesus, who called you in the grace of Christ, and you're turning, he says, to a what? A different gospel. Verse 7, which is not another gospel, but there's some who trouble you and want to pervert 
the gospel of whom? Of Christ. But what? Verses 8 and 9. Paul says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be what? Let him be what? Let him be accursed. And verse 9, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you've received, let him be accursed. Paul says, I am so certain of the gospel that I presented to you the first time that if anybody comes after and tells you something else, do not believe them. As a matter of fact, he goes a step further and he says, if we should return and tell you that we've changed our minds to what we told you in the first place, he says, don't believe even us. But then he introduces something that's very interesting. He says that even if an angel, stay with me carefully, stay with me neighbor, that even if an angel came from heaven and preached something different than what I have preached to you, Paul says what? Let him be accursed. You know, there's some folks, they are awed and swayed by credentials. Hello, there are some folks who accept truth based on who is saying it. They're swayed by personalities. They're swayed by uh, uh, degrees and pedigrees. There are some folks for whom truth is dependent on who is saying it. You see, neighbor, truth is not dependent on the speaker. Truth can stand by itself. You see, four plus four is not eight because I say so. Whether I say so or some other person say so, four plus four is eight. It is not dependent on who says it. And yet we have a culture right now where folks say, well, that's your truth and, and that's my truth. And people are accepting stuff based on who says it. They're being swayed by personality. And we find that attitude is even in the church. And we don't have folks today who are like the Bereans who will check the preacher out. You see, neighbor, you are not to check the Bible against your preacher. You ought to check your preacher against the Bible. Paul says that even if an angel came from heaven and told you something separate from what I told you uh, at the beginning. Do not believe. Do not be swayed by, by credentials and personalities by smart people. Years ago when I was in college in the 80s, they, they had a group of scholars who came together in 1985 it was, and they, they had a group called the Jesus Seminar. The Jesus Seminar. And this was a group that came together, I think it was about 50 scholars, and they, and they, they were examining the, the, the miracles and the teachings of Jesus. And, and, and they came to the conclusion that Jesus was a good moral man, awesome leader. And, and, and they said, well, 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 the, the, the miracles were, were, were just the feverish imaginations of the disciples. 
And that Jesus was this revolutionary who, 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 who went against the status quo. That, 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 that his teachings would upend the status quo. And when, and when the, the smart folks from the Jesus seminar, when they were done with the gospels, there was hardly any gospel left. They removed all the miracles of Jesus. They removed all the story of his resurrection. They removed all that stuff. And these were smart people. Interesting, the group dissolved in 2016. And the gospel has survived the Jesus Seminar. Come on, say amen. You see, neighbor, sound doctrine must have at its center Jesus Christ. I think I'm in the wrong church. Let me say it again. Sound doctrine must have at its center Jesus Christ. Sound doctrine is based solely on thus said the Lord, not based on what the preacher says, not based on the preacher's opinion, but it's based on what the Word says. Don't tell me what your preacher says. Tell me what the Bible says. We've got folks twisting Twisting the church. I was talking, the word of God, I was talking to a colleague recently from another church, and, and his, 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 his denomination, Pastor Mike, is going through an identity crisis, a split personality. And I was asking him, what are you going to do? Because you see, there, there was one part of the denomination that was going in a certain way. And, and his church was saying, hey, well, 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 we're not going in that way. This one part of his denomination that was going to, to ordain gay folks. And his church was saying, we, we don't know, we can't do that. And they were going to have some, 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 some conference, Andrew, to determine where to go. Listen, you don't need to have any conference to determine where to go. The Bible is clear. Sound doctrine is... Christocentric. Listen, neighbor, sound doctrine is not just about what you know, it's about whom you know. It's about knowing Jesus. You see, there are folks who know a lot of stuff, but they don't know Jesus. There are folks who can explain the prophecies, but they don't know Jesus. There are folks who can explain all the doctrines, but they don't know Jesus. Listen, neighbor, you can go to hell with a lot of Bible knowledge. Because it's about knowing Jesus. Whatever the doctrine is, it must lead to Jesus. That's the reason I want to ensure that as a preacher of the word, I point you to Jesus. Our world is sick with religion, easy religion syndrome. There are folks who want their religion like Mickey D's. You know, I will take number one, but no number five. They want to choose and do a drive-through with religion. And the church has been infected by this. I remember while we were going through the pandemic, Joe, and they were preparing us, you know, as pastors, how to deal and navigate in that space and, and was sharing, you know, when you get online and, and how to make it catchy and, and how to hold attention because, you know, people have the clicker now and, and they can click and they can change. They, they listen to you for a few seconds. I don't like that. They switch to something else. They change the channel to something that they like. 
And there are folks who have taken that attitude in church. If what is presented they don't like, they just tune you out. They just simply change the channel. Paul says the day is going to come, Timothy, when church folks, he says, after their own desires, after their own lusts, they will heap to themselves. In other words, they will go to hear preachers and teachers who will satisfy what they like to hear. People who will be avid for the latest novelty and they'll collect to themselves teachers and, and preachers who will tell them things that they like to hear. They want to hear novelties and tantalizing th theories and stimulating rhetoric, flowery phrases rather than the Word of God which is able to make them wise unto salvation. Ours is an age where people see truth as relative. It's your truth, it's my truth, is, you know, it's relative to your circumstances and your situations. It's according to your culture and your ethnic background. I've got my truth, you've got your truth. You see, I can't get up tomorrow morning, Andrew, and decide that 14 inches make a foot. I can't do that. I can't say, well, that's my truth. And Andrew can't decide, well, well, pastor, my truth is 11 inches make a foot. That's my truth. If it's going to be true, there's got to be an absolute nature about it. Come on, say amen. It can't be because Andrew said it or I said it. It must stand on its own. The folks who believe there are no absolutes really depends on where you see it. It's where you stand. It's where you sit. It's your culture. It's your experience. And a lot of folks are into experience preaching. Oh, I just need to preach my experience. Listen, neighbor, if your experience is not grounded in the Word of God, you can keep it to yourself. Because my hope must be built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness I must not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And so the question I ask us today is, what are your ears itching for? What are your ears itching for? Some mo motivational speaking to, to tell you how good you are, you, you are and how better you can become? Oh, Pastor, I just need, I need something to, to tell me, you know. And folks go to, go, go to service to worship, and all they get is some motivational speaking. And don't get, don't get it twisted. Paul says that there is room for that in preaching. But a preaching, a preacher ought to, ought to, ought to, ought to, ought to share words that, that convict you and, 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 and confront you. There must be times in the sermon and in the preaching where you go, ouch. You must leave knowing that, that, that God can make you a better person, but you've got to confront the reality of your sins and, 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 and your, weakness, your weaknesses and your issues. There are times for us to weep between the altars, Pastor Mike. Folks sometimes just want to hear everything is hunky-dory. Some folks want to hear a prosperity gospel. You know, claim it. Huh? Hello? A gospel that says God wants everybody to have a nice car and a nice house and, and a fat bank account. Hello? 
a gospel that says God is some vending machine. You say one prayer, two prayer, and then the blessings come out. That there are no challenges, there are no difficulties. Folks don't want to make any sacrifice for the kingdom because preacher says, hey, God has paved the way for you. Just claim it, brother. We're not immune against this as a denomination. There are those who are among us questioning the fundamentals of our faith, Joe. Is the sanctuary message still relevant, Pastor Mike? Is the man of sin, the antichrist, a person? Is it a person or is it a system? What about health reform and dress reform and Sabbath reform and Christian education? Are these still relevant today? What is sound doctrine? Do you want to hear it? Or are your ears itching for something which is nice and easy? There's some folks, they like, their, they, 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 they like their, their sermons and they like their preaching the way they like their popcorn and soda. Popcorn and soda sermons, they fill you up, but they have little or no nutritional value. But how do you and I respond to truth when it cuts across our fundus concepts, desires, and ideas? Folks who hear the word and they're always thinking, well, that's not for me. That's for my neighbor. Reminded of a story of a man who, after a pastor preached to a packed church, met him at the door, shook his hand, said, Pastor, you gave it to them today. The following weekend, it rained, and so half the church showed up. And at the end, he met the pastor at the door. He said, Pastor, man, you gave it to them today. It's a pity the other half wasn't here to get it. The following weekend, it rained really, really hard, and only the pastor and the fellow showed up for church. The pastor decided that he would preach to this one-man audience anyway, and after he had preached, the brother met him in the aisle and said, Pastor, wow, it's a pity they weren't, they weren't here to get it. Because for too many folks, it's always about how it applies to my neighbor and not how the word applies to me. And so I ask you today, what are your ears itching for? Do you want a gospel that will challenge, a gospel that will motivate, a gospel that will rebuke, a gospel that will correct? But only if you are open to hear the gospel, it will challenge and rebuke, it will encourage, it will motivate. It comes all together. It's not just one thing. The gospel of the itching ears is a gospel of convenience. Folk want to do church. Folks want to serve Jesus, but they want to do so on the cheap. No sacrifices, nothing to give up. All I got to do is do a few minutes here, do a few hours here, and, and, and I'm good with God until next weekend. No sacrifice needs to be made. I don't need to be confronted with my sins and my weaknesses. As a matter of fact, I don't need no preacher telling me I'm a sinner and that I need Jesus. I need to be saved from something. No, I need a preacher to tell me that God is love and, and God is going to save everybody regardless of what they do. That's the gospel of the itching ear. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel that says that you and I, if we must come after him, that we must take up our cross and follow him daily. 
The gospel of Jesus Christ saves me from my sins and give me power to live an overcomer's life. The gospel of Jesus Christ says I've got to make sacrifices down here so I can make it up there. The gospel of Jesus Christ says I come to Jesus just as I am, but I don't remain the same because he transforms my life. The gospel of Jesus Christ says I am no longer the same. I'm a new person because Jesus has come into my life. Today, I want to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ according to the Word of God. Not according to the preacher, not according to some eloquent speaker, not according to somebody with degrees and pedigrees, but I want to accept it according to thus say the Lord, because my hope must be built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and His righteousness. If you share those sentiments with me, will you stand to your feet as we close? The Lord, I want nothing but your word. I convinced that it will challenge me sometimes. I confess, Lord, rather that it will challenge me sometimes. I confess that sometimes your word, the truth, will, will cut across my fondest desires and my fondest uh, dreams and aspirations, that the truth of God will sometimes confront me. But friends, being a Christian for some 40 plus years now, I've come to learn that the place where I grow the most, the places where I grow the most, are the places where God has challenged me with his word. The places when I go to him and God shows me exactly who I am, but he, then he shows me that there is faith and there is hope in Jesus. I don't need to run from my reality in him. I just need to embrace my reality in him, knowing that because of Jesus, he can change whatever my reality is. Do you believe that today? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We recommit ourselves to your word. To not only the reading of your word and, and the knowing of your word, but knowing you, Jesus. You who said that you are the truth, you are the way, and that you are the life. We pray for that man, that woman, that boy, that girl who've not yet known the joy of a surrendered life. Right now, may you continue to do your work through the agency of your Holy Spirit. Bring about conviction and conversion. Help them to know right now that the best friend to have is Jesus. The best time to have him is now. We praise you and we give you thanks. Because it is in his name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's continue standing as we sing our closing song. Lord, I give you my heart.
as we leave this place, Lord. We commit our entire life to you. We leave this place, but never from your presence. Rest, remain, and abide with us. Remind us that these are holy hours, so we can continue to gain the full benefits of the Sabbath. So may God bless you, and may he keep you. May the grace and favor of God shine upon you and through you this week. May God be with you as you enter your house and leave your house, as you wake up in the morning and as you go to bed. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation Seven-day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.